Hey, Chapel Street Church family. You know, today we begin a brand new sermon series called The Rhythm of Rest, where we're going to explore the meaning of Sabbath uh, in the life uh, of those who follow Jesus. What does God mean when he calls us and says, come unto me and I will give you rest? And to be honest, we could use that. Many of us are weary of the restlessness and the unrest we've been experiencing in our nation over these past months. Weary of the unrest from the pandemic, weary of the racial unrest, weary of the political unrest. And this past Wednesday, January 6th, the day the Christian church historically celebrates Epiphany, the moment when the Jesus was revealed to the Gentiles, when the Magi came and bowed before the infant king. On that day, a mob stormed our nation's capital, the Capitol building to be precise. A woman lost her life, and it was a tragic scene, um, and one will never forget. Now, since that day, I've seen so much rumor and innuendo and all kinds of opinion swirling around on social media and on the internet. I have nothing to add to that. I don't want to add to that. And I would caution all of us against that. What I do want to do is call us as a church family, as a community of faith, to pray. We're commanded to pray in all times and on all occasions. We're told to pray for our country and our nation's leaders. And so Chapel Street Church Let's be a praying church in this moment of all moments. Let's keep praying. Don't be distracted by those who co-opt movements and slogans for their own agendas. Don't take the bait from various headlines and narratives. Watch your own reactivity. Instead, pray. It seems like foolishness to the world, but it's how the church wages war in this moment and in all moments. It's how the church brings about change. We pray, we seek our king. It's how we receive our marching orders and it aligns our hearts to the priorities of our crucified and risen king. So before you speak or post or act, pray. As you speak or post or act, pray. After you speak or post or act, pray. Let's commit to being a praying church. Let's not allow uh, the discourse and the division that's happening to infiltrate our hearts and our lives. Let's be committed to pray. When you don't have the words, pray. When you don't know what to do, pray. If this season has taught us anything, it's taught us this, that the problems we face as a nation, as individuals, cannot be solved by government alone, by elected officials alone, by any human institution. There's only one who can solve them, and so let's seek him in prayer. And so I want to invite you right now in this moment just to pray with me. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Will you pray with me? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As Pastor Jeff uh, mentioned, um, we're beginning a new series on, on Sabbath rest. And so this week, I was early in the week, I, most of it was spent studying the idea of rest and Sabbath. And, and then in the middle of the week, as you know, uh, the events that took place and there was this cataclysmic sense of unrest. And I, I remember Wednesday evening just trying to process like what, what I was feeling, what I was thinking, like many of you, I, you know, we were all kind of in that place. And I think one of the things I, that I began to identify was this sense of grief between what I was 
the invitation of what I've been looking at and the opportunity that the invitation that God gets us into that alongside of the events in our world and our nation and and I mourned the 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 sense of um the lack of experience of what God desires for us and and I begin to pray um towards that end and so I'm I'm continue to pray that as we study this together that God will teach us more about what he has for us as the body of Christ and as the body of Christ we will be a living invitation into something greater for our neighbors and our friends and our co-workers and the world around us um, and so we we continue to pray towards that end I um don't know how many of you lived in Chicago in in 2011 area were you around here do you guys remember the blizzard of 2011 um, we got here in Batavia about 22 inches it was the largest snowfall that I think I've ever been a part of that's my mailbox or, or what was left of it after the plows went by um, and then uh, I did a little shoveling later that afternoon pre-beard um, and and I remember, one, I loved it. Like, I, I loved all the snow. It was beautiful. But one of the things that stood out to me, and maybe some of you will remember this as well, is the degree to which the entire area just shut down. Like, there was nowhere you could go. There was nothing you could do. It was We weren't as equipped as we are now to kind of work from home and keep things going. And so there was this uh, kind of... A universal lack of something to do and if you kind of measured social media at the time it was interesting because it, it, we loved it and everybody was posting pictures and I, I've stayed in my pajamas all day or they're picture posting pictures with a cup of hot chocolate by a fireplace or and and everything that they had been doing playing games with their kids all that sort of thing with this free time that they now had but there was also this very obvious sense of, um, like, that this was foreign. That we, this wasn't something we do. Like, a designated time where, where we can't go somewhere and we have no agenda for the day where it just was sort of in front of us to stay in our pajamas and to, like, it was, it was a shock to the system. And people were commenting on that and recognizing that and seeing what that felt like. It was culturally something of a forced Sabbath, even at least once we shoveled ourselves out of our driveways and, and got back to inside. And, and we weren't sure what to do with it. So as we begin this series entitled The Rhythm of Rest, our goal in this is to think about the message and the meaning of Sabbath. And how do we experience this, this God-ordained rest in the midst of a culture that is defined by busyness and by technology? What does this look like in a modern-day culture? We're going to talk more about that over the course of this series. And one of the things I'll say at the outset here is that this, for me, pastorally and personally, feels incredibly timely. It feels incredibly timely on the one hand because Sabbath by its design and definition is meant to be restorative and it seems obvious that for so many of us we are in need of God's restorative work. 
Now, the second reason that it seems so timely is because I think that this is a largely neglected spiritual discipline. Or at least I can say, on a personal level, it's been largely neglected by me. In fact, I'm not, this whole series for me is not something that I'm preaching from a position of strength. Like there's times when we have like a preaching series and it's something that God like was really stirring in me five years ago and I've done a lot of work on and I've had a lot of growth and I get to stand up here and talk about it with you all and encourage us and and come on and tell you maybe stories about how God has stretched me in this area. I, I am learning as we enter into this. Because I don't know that at any time in my life I've ever honestly studied or looked into God's intent and design for the Sabbath. And so as I've entered into this, I have felt both convicted and inspired. And I felt convicted and inspired on a, on a personal level, but also on a pastoral level. As we talk about what it might look like for us as the church to practice Sabbath seriously. I think one of the things that, that has prevented this in my life has been my inability or my, my lack of, of um, choosing to really dive in to understand the design and intent behind Sabbath. Additionally, I think one of the things that I've noticed is that my perception of Christians that were really serious about the Sabbath were, were somewhat askew. And by that I mean that oftentimes when I looked at, at subsets of Christians that, that really took this seriously, one, they either came across to me as like really legalistic, meaning like um, we're, I'm working really hard to earn God's favor by not doing these things on this particular 24 hours. And so that didn't strike true to me. And I, and I, I don't know if that was actually fair, if that was just kind of my perception. And secondly, is it seemed boring to me. Like, I, like um, you kids won't be able to relate to this, but kind of how I felt as a kid sort of going to church, like this is engaging and inciting, and I know you guys love it. <laughs> but for me, it was kind of like you put on your best clothes, you, put a, you had your best behavior, and you sort of like, I sat there kind of thinking like, I wonder how long this is going to go on for kind of thing. And, and that was kind of like my perception of people that were really like serious about, about the idea of Sabbath. And so for me, I, I relegated it to little more than taking a day off. Planning a, a, a few days of vacation throughout the year. And, and even that, like culturally, we're not, we're not great at, right? We carry around with us these pocket-sized computers at all times that connect to our watches so that even when our tiny computer's in our pocket, we still are logged into work and everything that's going on around us and so we're really pretty inept at even taking a a day off or and, and so I think I missed the idea and the experience of what what Sabbath is intended to be and the conviction that I have come to and am coming to is that it is far more what God has in store for us is far more than a quasi day off it's it is by design and intent where God established a, a rhythm of entering into his presence to be with him and to experience that and to rest in that. 
So we're going to begin by looking at the rhythm of creation from the creation narrative, the rhythm of rest in the creation narrative. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to talk about this sort of as a framework for understanding the Sabbath, a, almost like a, a, a framework for the theology of Sabbath from creation. This is the very end of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2, beginning in uh, verse 31. It says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. There was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So we're, we're, we're just going to kind of hover over this passage for a little while as we think about this framework for understanding the Sabbath. And the first component that I want to look at is that the Sabbath is built into the rhythm of creation. Sabbath is built into the rhythm of creation. It's part of God's design. One of, one of the things that my dad used to love to do, one of his favorite things was um, when there was a grandbaby, like an infant in the home, is he loved to take the baby and go over to his favorite recliner in the corner and recline all the way back. And with baby laying on his chest, the two of them would just take a, a long nap together. Like I think it was my dad's way of just getting in a nap. Um, but like, he, he loved that. I remember looking over and seeing my dad with one of my infant daughters and just this, this rest that this child seemed to experience next to the heartbeat of, that provided safety and security that was offered out of unconditional and unearned love. Right? This, the baby hadn't done anything to, to warrant this other than be adorable, right, and be born. It was just offered to them, this safe place you come to know that you are unconditionally loved. See, I think is a picture of, of what God invites us to in the Sabbath. You were designed to regularly and consistently draw near to the heart of God to know that you are unconditionally loved. You are made for it. God in creation established a weekly rhythmic reminder of his love called Sabbath. I've talked about this before when we've, we, we've looked at the implications of uh, the Imago Dei, the image of God being placed on every man, woman, and child. And the talked about the, the, how that warrants a, a, um, a treatment of dignity and honor and respect to each other because we are all image bearers. And I've talked about how creation, if you read Genesis chapter 1, if we were to go back today and, and read through all of that together, you would the poetry of Genesis 1 seems to have kind of this build to it. Like it, it keeps going. And I've I've always thought that that's kind of building to that moment when God speaks life into humanity and he breathes into them and they're animated and, and that that was the culminating moment, the climax of the entire creation narrative. But I think 
the creation narrative continues to build. It actually culminates, the climax is found when this, these humans that God has breathed life into, that he's placed his image on them, are invited to join him in Sabbath rest. And God's provided rest. A.J. Swoboda in his book, Subversive Sabbath, says it this way. He says, the climax of creation is not humanity as we so arrogantly assume. Rather, the day of rest is the climax. When all creation comes together and lives at peace and harmony with one another, Sabbath becomes the culminating roof of the entire house. I think that's right. Two, two, two things here that, that I stood out to me as I was thinking about this. One is it's interesting to note that the Sabbath, this rest that God has created, is, is done so prior to the fall in Genesis chapter 3. It's, it's, so this is not given to us in response to the implications of sin. This is given to us as part of the design and the intent and what we were relationally created for it's a gift between god and humanity between creator and creation as one author author put it sabbath is a foretaste of heaven the second thing to note here is that that stood out to me in this is that this is this is adam and eve's first experience they they were created on day six so whether you understand this as being seven literal days or kind of the day-age theory, however you look at this, what immediately followed in the creation narrative of Adam and Eve coming onto the scene is the entrance into Sabbath rest. It's the beginning. They begin in a place of celebration. They, they begin in this sense of relational intimacy with their God. They begin from rest. They don't live to get to this. They live and they work from it. So let me, let me ask you this question today. When was the last time that you made time to simply enjoy God and the knowledge that you are unconditionally loved by him? I think for most of us, we, we think of this experience as that, and it is. It's a, that's part of what we want to accomplish here, and I hope you sense that but but when is the last time that you personally individually set aside extended time to celebrate the fact that you are unconditionally you have you have not earned it you didn't do anything to deserve it but you are entirely and perfectly loved by your god i think for most of us if we're honest with ourselves if we were to think of this like we think of eating we would say that that we're starved most of us live with this idea of the promise of rest, the future experience of rest. One day we'll get there rather than living from the experience of it. I think the result is a depleted, exhausted, mentally, emotionally, spiritually discouraged body of Christ that is failing to experience the fullness of relationship that, that 
that we were created for, that we, that's hardwired into us from the very beginning. As H.H. Farmer once said, it, he's a British philosopher and theologian, is that if you go against the grain of the universe, if you go against the design, you get splinters. I think perhaps we are a, a, a splintered group, body, followers of Jesus because, because we have failed to experience something that he hardwired into us from, our, from the very beginning. Which leads us to the second piece of this, this framework that I want to talk about, which is that the Sabbath is called blessed and holy. The Sabbath is called blessed and holy. Back in, in chapter 2, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I was looking into uh, some efforts that have been made in history to sort of reinvent um, human productivity, the, 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 the calendar. Um, in the French Revolution, they created a 10-day work week in order to increase productivity. So it, they went away from like the seven-day work week where six days were for work and one day was for rest, and they went this 10-day work week where nine days were for work and one was for rest. And they, they created a whole new calendar. It was uh, 12 months, 30 days each, and then the last five or six days were tacked on the end as kind of a, a holiday. Um, they created new clocks around it, and they, they looked forward to their increased capacity as a nation. But the problem was it created almost the, exactly the opposite results. Uh, people burned out far more quickly. Um, the suicide rate in France at the time um, rose exponentially. And actual productivity, what they were hoping to accomplish, went down, it plummeted as opposed to going up. Why? Because this is this rhythm that God has given us has design and purpose behind it. Sabbath is set apart as a holy and blessed day. If, if again, if we had time today to read through the entire narrative of Genesis chapter 1, we would see as each day of creation unfolds God looks at what it is that he's created and you see the continuing refrain come up time and time again and God saw that it was good in fact there at the very end of chapter 1 and verse 31 when God is looking over all of his creation and he sees the work of his of his word what it is that he's made it says God saw all that he had made and it was very good but when God created the Sabbath, when he established that, he didn't call it good. He called it holy. Sabbath rest, in fact, is, is the only thing in the entire creation narrative that's called holy. And there's, there's a lot that we can unpack here, and, and we'll dive into more of this over the next coming weeks. But I want to just, I want to highlight a couple things real quickly here. First is the, is the fact that the term holy is, it literally means set apart. In other words, it's talking about the distinctiveness and the uniqueness of what God has built for humanity, of what he invites them into when he created a day for us 
to enter in and to rest in the fullness of who he is. It's set apart from the other six days with a specific purpose. It's why I think it's important for us to distinguish this from from merely having a day off. I think that's why a day off fails to capture all that God is inviting us into. We, We can take a day off without experiencing the holy purpose of what God gives us in the Sabbath. It requires intention. It it requires us actively participating and walking into this designed desire that God gives for us. It's purposeful. Like, I don't know how you all do birthdays in your house, like if that's a big deal or not, but in our house, we try not to go like over the top, but we try to let the day be about the person whose birthday it is, right? So when our kids have a birthday, well, like, what do you want for breakfast? What do you want to do today? What friends do you want to have over? What do you want, where do you want to go for dinner? How can we celebrate? This is your day. We want to make this day about you, right? This, this is a day that has been set apart, designed for you about him. It has purpose and design. It's set apart. It's holy. The second thing about that 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 stands out to me is that when we think about holiness, if you read through the Old Testament and you look at the implications of that word, you see it's closely connected to the presence of God. In fact, when the the temple or the tabernacle are, are set up, the place where God dwelt with the people of Israel... That, that space that God's presence dwelt, where the Ark of the Covenant was, that was called the Holy of Holies. God's presence is there in the temple with his people. And, and hear me on this. This speaks to the invitation of Sabbath to enter in personally, purposefully into his presence, to be with him. And that's not to say that God is not with you on the other six days of the week. It's to recognize the intention and purpose with which you enter into that space. Right? I come home every day at the end of the day and I am in the same place with my wife and my kids. That's different than when I say, hey Sherry, let's go out to dinner. Let's have designated time that's just for you and I where we get to talk and process and think and connect and that's intentional that's purposeful those are our two different things god invites us into his presence it's intended to be conscious intentional set apart time where we knowingly and actively enter into the presence of god that's what sabbath rest is for that's why throughout church history, so oftentimes when you think about the idea of Sabbath, you, you picture something like this. We, we include worship in that because the presence of God evokes worship in us. But I, I want to just, I want to deconstruct that a, a little bit because I think it's also where I've sort of made this connection to the idea of Sabbath being boring, meaning that it's supposed to be this somber kind of serious thing. And entering God's presence will always cover the gamut of our human emotions for sure but but entering into his presence is is it's joyful it can be marked by laughter and by love it's it's fun it involves 
it involves play because that's part of our design. It, it, it's the appreciation of beauty and it's an understanding of grace. In fact, I think what I'm coming to be convicted of is if, I, if I'm taking Sabbath, if I'm entering into Sabbath rest, if I'm actively doing that, it's, it's, it's the part of the week that I look forward to the most because it's the most fun. See, Sabbath rest is a gift. It's given to us in order to meet with our God, but it's also a command because our God knows that we need it. Because God, who designed us and created us, established us knowing that we would regularly, routinely need to experience his love and live from his grace. Which leads us then to the third piece of this framework, and that is simply that Sabbath, Sabbath is a reminder of the gospel. It's given to us as a reminder of the gospel. I want you to imagine for a moment, and for some of you this won't be difficult at all, but imagine a, a, an exhausting week. Whether it's at work or at school, just everything is kind of stacked up. You're depleted and you're defeated and you feel wiped out. Maybe it's the end of the week now and you're on your way home and as you head home you're both sort of grateful to be leaving work but you're also dreading the fact that when you get there dinner still needs to be made and you think all of a sudden about the laundry that that's, needs to get done and there's dishes that are still in the sink and, and it's overwhelming. And then imagine for a moment that when you get home you walk in the door and dinner is laid out on the table. Everything's ready. The laundry has been done, it's folded, and it's put away. Somehow the kids have magically completed all their homework for the weekend and decided to clean the house in their spare time. Right? <laughs> now you're talking crazy. Right? Um, imagine the joy and gift and beauty of being done. We never, really, we never really perceive this because we never feel like anything is fully done and as soon as something is done, there's like three things to replace it, right? But imagine if you can that sense of, of being done. You see, Sabbath rest is an intentional pause on our striving. It's an intentional pause on our working to remind us that the relational work, the work required for our salvation and to be with God, that work is done. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to get there. We don't have something to do. That is done for us, and it's meant to just pause, to catch our breath, to take that in. Eugene Peterson said this way in his commentary on Genesis 1. He says, it's as if God was teaching justification by grace through faith from page one of the Bible. I love that. A.J. Schwoboda, again, in his book, Subversive Sabbath, says it this way. Sabbath is a scheduled weekly reminder that we are not what we do. Rather, we are who we are loved by. Sabbath and the gospel scream the same thing. We do not work to get to a place where we finally get to breathe and rest. That is slavery. Rather, we rest and breathe and enjoy God that we may enter into rest. 
The, the, the promise of Sabbath rest is not merely rest for our bodies. That we can effectively accomplish with a well-planned day off or a few days away. What God offers us is rest for our souls. And on this side of the cross, we understand that rest for our souls is accomplished through the completed work of Jesus. Our souls find rest in Him. So we are encouraged, we're invited, we're commanded to routinely enter into the invitation and the accomplishment of Jesus who says, come to me all you who are weary and in a burden. And I'll give you rest. Does anybody feel weary? Anybody carrying a burden? We're invited to come into Jesus to experience His rest. The invitation of Sabbath rest reminds us that we work from God's love, not for it. We, we work from a place of rest, not to it. And so over the course of this series, I, I want to um, invite, challenge if that's appropriate, I, I want us to think about how we can experience this idea of rest. And so today, what I want to do, and I, I'm going to, we're going to kind of build on this throughout these four weeks together. But what I would love to encourage you to do today is I would love to invite you to designate, to set apart two hours today where you turn your phones off, maybe you turn off the TV, where you set aside intentional, purposeful time to do whatever it is that you want to do that reminds you of the fact that in Jesus the work is done that, that God loves you entirely and perfectly. That can, can look different for a lot of us. Some of you are, will walk over to Nelson Lake and, and take a walk. Some of you will sit with family and, and celebrate. For some of you, it'll look more like a, a party. Some of you will laugh. All of us should enjoy it. Some of you need to take a nap. That, that can be a part of Sabbath rest. Some of you will journal whatever it is, rest in the knowledge that in Jesus the work is done for just two hours, two hours today. Press pause on life. Don't get on social media, any of it. And just rest in the knowledge that your creator God loves you and has done everything that is required for you to be in relationship with him. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for this invitation. We thank you for the opportunity to look again and afresh at what you have created and designed and invite us into, in fact, command us into, because you know that we need it, because you know that in order for us to thrive, we can't be working to your rest, but rather from it. So God, I pray that, that we would experience afresh, purposeful, set-apart, holy time with you, where we enter into your presence, where we set aside all striving and all work, and we're reminded that in Jesus Christ, 
it is done. Lord, meet us in that place. And it's in your name we pray.